0: good morning everyone and welcome to still growing in grace a day where we get to listen in on a conversation of uh, how to look at a certain topic through a better lens or a more hope-filled perspective. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. Um, the last couple of weeks, we were with Catherine Toon and she was writing a new book and had some encouragements uh, and words to, to share from that. I think you're going to like it. Uh, but today, um, we're going to have a chat about this topic called Choose Hope, Not Fear, an End Times Discussion. Now, some people may say, well, what is end times? Um, end Times Discussion uh, it has to do with this concept of the end of things or all things sometimes. Eschatology is the theological word for it. Um, every Bible college student that has to take systematic theology has to go through this. Sometimes you take extra courses to learn how the world's going to end and how Jesus comes back. So <clears throat> there's actually very little shared in the scriptures on, uh, on that topic Although many texts have been um, used to say for sure this is what it means. Well, I grew up with much of this. And I grew up with the um, dispensational type of thinking. Um, But I I had... check in in me for most of my life about that as in ah, something doesn't sit right or I don't know I don't know how you made leaps and bounds with those scriptures to say that it means absolutely that and I just but I wasn't allowed to question it because I was a kid or a teenager or a student or their pastor pastors smarter than me and so kind of sat on the back burner um because I'm gonna this got I, I can't figure it out but I want to know more there's got to be more and so I'm not saying I have, I'm at the right answer, but I believe the perspective I've arrived on at this point is so much better than the previous one. And I, my study on this now pokes a lot of holes in the, in the other perspective. So it's like, I can't unsee what I now see. And people are pretty upset. Some people are with me. Some folks are upset because they're friends of mine and they, they think I'm giving up the good news. And I'm not preaching the gospel anymore. Or how can I say that? Or, uh, it just, it, but it's a domino effect of assumptions. We grow, we we all grow. We unlearn, we learn. Uh, we, that happens in school, so why not in 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 our theology? Why aren't we continually learning and unlearning and correcting our perspective, when a science book has to be updated because new science has come out? The, you don't go back to the old science book and use that as your form for the students. No, you use the most updated material because science is always evolving. Well, guess what? The mystery of who God is is constantly evolving. There, There is no arrival. I know people may not like the idea I use that word evolving, but it's whole, it's, it's okay. The, this, our understanding is continually evolving. So I had posted something a while back um, and... Create a little bit of heat, but that may be a good thing. Uh, I I copied and pasted a friend of mine's post, which I thought was really good. Um, But it sounded pretty firm and almost dogmatic. And I thought, well, I didn't take it that way because I know this person's heart. (laughs) Oh, I know the person's heart. Oh, my goodness. Does that have anything to do with it? Yes. Because on Facebook, you can misread things so quickly. Uh, through your perfect lens, and so i thought let 's let 's have a discussion with uh, about this and uh, the author of that post is in this bill Thrasher uh, so Richard Murray and Bill Thrasher and I are having a conversation because i wanted to I wanted to find out why did that trigger so many people why is it a problem and why am I passionate about it so let 's enjoy this next half hour uh conversation um, it 's about thirty two minutes and then uh it 'll be a teaser and then we 'll see what happens for next week but this this is a good conversation i didn't didn't think it would go this direction but it did and it was it was good I, I i hope you'll be intrigued so let's dive right in and i think you'll enjoy enjoy this here we go all right welcome everybody it's still growing grace i got bill and richard with me and uh we've been having some fun discussions on stuff people are wrestling with and uh, I recently shared a post from my friend Bill, and uh, it had to do with an end times topic. And I was quite surprised at the response of folks that know me, um, and how they reacted to it. And I, I have full, I was in full agreement with the post, but it made me realize there's, there's still, oh my goodness, there is still a strong, strong magnetic pull towards a fear-based threat from God in order to get you to live right and believe right. And it's it's, it's it fits into all kinds of uh, church world stuff. And I'm hoping that we can talk a little bit about that today. Talk about why Zen times, a, a topic that still needs to be discussed. And some people may say, well, what does it matter? Well, I think it does matter because if you have a really awful concept, you're revealing your view of who you think God is and what the scriptures say. So let's just dive in and and see what are your, what what have been some reactions and where are you at right now? And we'll just kind of loosely banter back and forth on this, because I think it's a conversation that must be had and not everybody has a safe place or safe people to talk to about this.
1: Yeah, I, so i was telling the guys the reason i posted it is there's a there's a friend of mine in the area who's a good man we actually used to go to church together and he he commented that his church recently or just i guess this is past sunday did a pretty heavy message on rapture theology and end times dispensationalism if you don't know what that means you know the kind of the the progressive or the compartmentalized kind of way that God's going to play out the end times and the current times, and we're in this age of grace. There's going to be an age of law and, or judgment and you know wrath and all this other stuff. And um, I guess he was he was fired up about that and being very um uh, he he was trying to give people a warning on Facebook. And I didn't even comment. I, I went and wrote something about a different you way of
0: wisdom. Term. Man, you got wisdom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> way of interpreting the rapture because this really was focused around the rapture. And I think you're right, Mike. I think, I think there's actually two or three things happening simultaneously in people when they really start thinking about, quote unquote, the end times and and I'm actually pretty passionate about this because I, I I've written this before that I believe the having having a well-defined, Interpretation or hope, maybe even for in, in times, is is critical to theology and critical to your personal walk just in life in general, because what it does is it frames to a large degree how you're going to filter anything and everything else. So mm-hmm. if it's fear-based, then then you're going to express fear to others. You're going to be, you, you know, we were talking just a minute ago about having a light, you know, an easy yoke that others will sense and come into presence with. I think Jesus carried that. It was one of his, his probably most you know, mm-hmm. uh, appealing qualities that, that it didn't matter if it was a sinner or a Pharisee, that he was an easy person to approach and, and interact with. And yet people who are obsessed with maybe a, a fear-based, you know, based apocalyptic in times, um, don't tend to be that way in, the, in their spirit, right? Um, so fear is a big part of that. I think a second one is escapism um people are so fed up about aspects of this world because they're filtering everything through maybe filters of negativity and you know in their in their subconscious mind that the best hope is to just escape miraculously like just let's get out of dodge which leads to the you know kind of some points where i don't really need to fix anything because i don't know if i'm going to be here tomorrow I don't need to make my bed because I I may not sleep in it tomorrow night, you know, or whatever the the case may be. Um, And that's another big, big aspect of this. The third, I think, is vengeance. Um, A lot of people still deeply hold a a desire to see their enemies or the people that disagree with them ultimately punished or dealt with. They know they're not responsible for it anymore because they've outsourced that to God. And so there's just this kind of underlying, like, We've, we've passed the buck of our vengeance to God's plate. Uh, we haven't forgiven people and we have maybe from our desire to complete that uh, that karma, but we're, we're outsourcing it, so to speak, to God. So I think those are the three things that drive a lot of people's eschatology. Um, and, and each one has to be kind of dealt with individually. but once you've released those three things, now you're left with now you're left with having to really rethink what maybe that older dispensational, Two hundred year old rapture theology thing,
0: you know, is Richard. What do you think? Well,
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, I, uh, I think it's. Uh,
0: well, I, I this is a mind. lawyer carefully wa- watching his words.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I have no. one more point. Whiskey helps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's
2: good um well I, I think that um I, I was i've been lamenting and i will draw this in i promise but i've been lamenting the marvel movies with how they're using the multiverse because i think what the multiverse does it's a form of escapism even within escapism mm-hmm. to begin with because anybody can die anybody you can jump to another uh multiverse and save yourself another universe nothing nothing lasts. There's really no no tension. It's not tethered to anything, and I think um, it's always dangerous when we when we become untethered. And I think this this uh, the Greeks used to have this thing called God from a machine, Deus Machina. I'm sure you've probably seen that before. It was a it was a thing where life would be happening in these plays, something would be happening, and there'd be no way to save the hero from it. So God God would just appear out of the sky and just uh, cut the knots of all the you know, with all the problems and, and deliver the whole thing in an instant in time. And it was criticized. What it did was it basically took away, the humans are, don't end up dealing with it. We don't end up, you know, we just have to have a miracle. And um and it, it is a form of escapism. And I and I think, Bill, when you said that, that really chimed in me, just that this the, the rapture thing, it's a, we can escape from having to focus where we're supposed to be focusing, which is mm-hmm. on the of God within us and it's the kingdom of God within us do I believe that Jesus is going to return yes but I don't believe he's coming from planet Jesus that he's going to (laughs) say yeah that would imply that he's he's on some planet space and time you know physics he'd have to be all right if that was the case there's no planet Jesus because he's he in him we live and we have our being and um I I just he is the planet um, yeah, yeah. And he wants to come up. His second coming is going to be up and out and through us. And when we see him, as Paul said, we will be like him. And it's because he has filtered his way out of us. Now, I, I actually believe that we will see him. All right. But it's not, he's not coming from there to here. He's coming from in to out. This whole thing is an inside job. The whole church, the whole love, everything is an inside job. Mm. And so when I, when I read Revelation, I read it as an idealist. That's the way I interpret it, that these are speaking about all, all the, you know, the, the return of Jesus and the wedding feast and all that. It's speaking of, of metaphysical images that, that are going on within the body of Christ and within our w- within our walk here, you know, that we're called to bring this earth and, and you know, into submission to kun ha'olam, the repair of the world. And, you know, Paul said it was, was going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. At the death would finally be defeated. There was going to be an instantaneous transformation. But again, there's nothing coming down. It's coming out. You know, it's when we finally achieve our, you know, uh, maturity, you know, as the body of Christ. And um, when, when that happens, death will be put underfoot. and We'll see things we've never seen before. But it's not going to be God from a machine. It's going to be God from within. So, so I think God from within filtering out, manifesting out of us. You know, uh, we, we would have taken the bushels off our thoughts and of our fears. And fear, I mean, how many times the New Testament warns us against Don't not, fear. <laughs> not don't fear, don't have a spirit of fear. Yeah. Love, out fear. love is something, you know, that has demonic energy to it that you have to cast it out, you know, that love mm-hmm. casts it out. So, um, you know, I'll never forget there was this TV show, The Leftovers. I think that was the name of it. It was on Showtime, I think. But, um, In it, um, there's a scene where where it shows these people like it looks like they're from the 1800s, and the preacher is there telling them, and and there's a music going on. But you know what he's doing? He's telling he's calculated the date Jesus is coming back. So they get to the date, and then they all get up on their roofs and they look up and they expect to be taken from their roofs, and uh, and then you see it doesn't happen. So then the guy goes back to the drawing board and comes up with another day. But each time they reassemble there's less and less people going to the roofs. And uh, and, and that's and called even,
1: the 1980s in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and, but, but it's a working discouragement. It, ultimately,
2: the escapism that they put all their hope in crushed their hope altogether. Mm-hmm. But they had no hope in God at all. Yeah. And I think, I, 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 I feel, you know, I don't expect anything in the external. I know that may sound a little anti-materialistic and maybe it is in me, but I really... I know that God is in me working in me and and working toward all things for my good. And I try to stay inward focused on him. It's not inward focused on me, but inward focused on on him, on his spirit working within me. And that's why we resonate with each other because when we, when we get too external focused, whether it's rapture, whether it's deconstruction, whether it's any of that stuff on externals, like if we just get these externals, right. That's gonna fix us on the inside. And that's just Jesus said, You're just wiping the outside of the plate, you're not dealing with the inside of it. So that the power of God is on the inside of us and on and the inside. Yeah. And 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 I think that that's then there's no escapism. That's the opposite of escapism. It's enterism. <laughs> you know, it's nowism, it's here. Well, yeah, Jesus
1: entered our 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 su- suffering. He co-suffers, right? And I think that was kind of the point my my post, I think that you were talking about Mike. Was was attempting to convey to people the idea of rapture, which obviously doesn't even come from the Book of Revelation, which is kind of the irony behind it all. It's all talking to the Church of Th- Thessalonica, and it's like we've we've drawn a line of connection between two authors and two contexts and stuff that really was never, in my opinion, even made to be drawn. But um, the, I I believe what Paul's talking about is our ability to have our minds taken to our co-seededness in christ right which is we don't do that by going to planet jesus or or if we do want to call it that way planet jesus is within us right so it's both right we we introspectively go to third heaven and we reconnect with our identity in christ where we are unconditionally loved child and made in his reflection made to love the way we first been loved of outpour the same Grace and and mercy onto the world around us, and not measure people or this world by the external factors. Which, if we're being honest, seems to be that we were just talking about that in a different way. But how everybody wants to measure things—it's the external variables are how this world is, and yet Paul says, you know, I regard no man according to the flesh, right? So yeah. we need to be looking inside out, right? Um, not outside in. And I think that's the whole point of the rapture. Is the rapture is us going to a place where we reconnect and remind ourselves to that reality as being the preeminent reality, and and the more we can do that, be raptured or reside in that state of being, um, the more we're going to to find, you know, that that um, joy, that lightheartedness. Um, that that thing I was talking about that just made Jesus so approachable we begin to become like him and in the, in the external ways too
2: I love the uh, nikolai berdia said something along the lines of we don't we don't proceed uh we don't proceed toward being we proceed from it uh speaking of Christ that 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 we you know we don't achieve this external, you know, this external state, we're not moving toward it. That's what we get in this mentality of that we've got to alter society. We've got to change this and we've got to change that when it's never, we're already there. We already have these changes within us in seed form. And, you know, the, the Lord um, I just know that that's, that's where the intimacy is and that's where the joy is and the lightheartedness uh, on it. And if we keep looking, you, you, you know, the old testament i mean you could look at the old testament they looked at things externally and they, and they had wars and killings genocides and all that because they thought it could be fixed externally and uh, that's the whole thing but jesus moved it all on the inside the, ke- the kingdom of god don't say it's there don't say it's there don't say it's there it's within you and that is such a profound and basic uh, thing but it, that that but it also tells me it also tells me that when we get away you know that uh, from christ in us the hope of glory You know, we must never let that become just just a a, a term of art that's old, you know, that's antiquated. Oh, well, that's for the old school. We've grown past that. Oh, really? You've grown past Christ being in you. Well, good luck with that. You know, really? I mean, that's what the whole thing is. He's the sole source of of everything that's good and true and loving to where we don't even have to. We don't even have to understand why something is good, true and loving because we have the virtue of good truth and loving in us. You know, we don't have to understand it or explain it. You realize what a weight that takes off our shoulders mm-hmm. to have a genuine interaction with each other? I mean, it, it's just, uh, it, it's astounding to me. But anything that's external focus, and that's through the rapture. I mean, what, what could possibly be more external focus than rapture theory? It's that there is a point in time when Jesus is physically descending from heaven to save us or to take a third of us or whatever it is, you know, and let the others have their 7 year you know i mean gosh
1: i mean it's, it's
2: <laughs> man you know it's like caveman riding
1: on a wall you know where i do want to address the point that i also made that same. well i, I think i made in a, a follow up post that i made um i think there's some irony in this though and and what i mean by that uh very specifically is uh listen i'm a kid of the 80s early 90s right born in the late 70s richard i think you got a few more on me mike you got a couple more on me too Um, You've seen more. You've experienced a little bit more. But I grew up in the heart of the evangelical church. I mean, like literally the heart of it. And, um, you know, I think we, we are given a power as humanity, a power of dominion over this creation. And when we have hyper focused on something generationally, and we've we've really believed that deeply as the end game, so to speak, of God. I believe it's really interesting how the world has responded to accommodate that request to some degree, right? And we look at our world, and if I'll even do it sometimes. I'll look around go, man, it sure feels like that dispensational mechanism is kind of trying to happen. And so there's even a part of me sometimes that goes, maybe it's right, or maybe – but I think, it's, I think there's a correlation there. I think sometimes we, we be, we've so hyper-literalized and focused on it that we've actually manifested a lot of those fears into reality. And so that gives credibility to people that are still wrestling with this, Mike. And the reason that people, I think, chime in so mm-hmm. aggressively or in fear on, on something when we shine a different light on it is there's, there's, there's an expectancy to that. And their expectancy is being confirmed by a lot of the external, right? If we're focused externally, material that we're watching out there, because in many ways, we've helped shape that material to fit the narrative that we've created. It's it's the tail wagging the dog.
0: Wow. It's, it's, that's good. it's a different light, which means they were never told there's a larger menu of options to perceive. It.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So one of the, I'm going to do two things. One, I want to talk about the word rapture, because if you just look it up on the Merriman-Webster Dictionary online, you're going to love this, Richard. Rapture means an expression or manifestation of ecstasy or passion. Want to talk about rapture? Uh, Number two, a state or experience of being carried away by overwhelming emotion, not physical, I thought that was good, or a mystical experience in which the spirit is exalted to a knowledge of divine things. Wow! <laughs> just the English dictionary, looking up, like holy smokes. So I thought, okay, that's hilarious. Yep. the word is just not in the Bible. Yeah, and anyway, the well, other that,
2: thing. Well, to show you just just the whole thing about literalism. Yes. Literalism has a different, a, a million different blades and edges to it. That cuts us this way. It cuts us that way. And if we're honest with ourselves, when we go literal, we 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 often lose the spiritual aspect of it—the spiritual connection, the spiritual joy, the spiritual effort. Uh, what is it? Uh, effervescence, you know, bubbling, you know, that bubbling of, of 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 peace and 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 love in us because we go literal and we tether ourselves to the literal, but we untether ourselves away from the spiritual. And if if we're grounded in Christ. You know, when it says you have no need of a man to teach you, when it says stuff like that, when they're just, it's because you tethered yourself to my spirit. And we we should be all the raptures and all the, you know, all the God descending. It's within us. He's ascending. He's not descending. He's ascending from us. And uh, that that's what you know, where the excitement and where the fervor is. And I don't know, but it's it's like people have to have something, you know, idolatry. Now, this may, may be an interesting way to connect it. You know, the word for idolatry means serving that which is seen,
1: mm-hmm.
2: worshiping that which is seen. So, and there's something, uh, you know, what is it about an idol? What is it about a golden calf? What is it about all these church buildings, you know, on, on some level? Uh, these It's something we can see, taste, and touch and say that's divine. But, and I'm not saying that there aren't blessed you know places and things like that but uh, but but that gets to focus off our inward divinity you know uh, of jesus in us and us connecting heart to heart the church without walls the church not built by human hands you know um and 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 i think it's it's all about being inward focused and in this day golly you talk about people being with all the conspiracy theories and everything else people are serving with fear that which appears you know, we're letting appearances determine what we believe. It's like you said, Bill. That's a perfect example. You you start believing this stuff, and then you start seeing it, and you start actually,
1: you know, getting energy. Well, your eyes are believing it, but then you start contributing it to yeah. its to its prolonging and its and its its development. Yeah, and it's even though spirit. it's false, even though it's and, a, it's a false idol or false false reality. Yeah, yeah, but uh, these- I. I, I have a weird metaphor. It, it kind of reminds me, it's totally off the wall, but I believe the movie is Major League, right? Where the uh, the catcher, he can't throw the ball back to the pitcher. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. And yeah. he gets uh, yips, and he's literally, it's a catcher. He's done it his entire life, and he just can't get the ball, you know, the 66 feet back to the pitcher. He's throwing it over his head, or he's throwing it, and, and he has to base it, The more he thinks about it, the worse it gets, you know, the more he's focused on the external mechanics, and just uh I can't, I can't mess it up. And this is a common thing in, in a lot of athletics for guys. They get to the yips, golf, baseball, you know, drops in football, whatever it is. And and the way that it's interesting that most people ultimately get that out of it, if they can, is they got to get out of their own head, <laughs> right? They got to stop thinking about the external and just honestly put their mind in a different place. In his case, it's it's really probably inappropriate, but, you know, he starts repeating the stories for Playboy magazines, and then all of a sudden, as he's talking about the story and not thinking about that, he can throw the... Yeah. Oh,
0: you're muted. Sorry. Sorry, Bill, we can't hear that. I can, I can hear can- you, Mike. Yeah, I know you the can hear me. External
1: mechanics and how it's all going to play out. We can't just love our neighbor easily, right? We can't just the the simple things become difficult. And I think that's the beauty of this is we gotta honestly drop a lot of the baggage that we carry for years and years and years and that that can can Yeah did my uh, audio go away? Here and there. Okay. So yeah. Here, we got you now. So um I don't know if you got all that, but you know that there's there's a there's a metaphor there that we can get in our own heads and and in some regard there's a simplicity and we really have to Distract, distract ourselves with just the romance of Christ, right? <laughs> and then, and, yeah. and just, and just do the easy things and let the easy things be natural.
2: Yeah, and 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 I think to, you know, to let our conscience. You know, the older I get, guys, I I just I know that the human conscience is, is where Jesus camps out. He camps out in our conscience, and that's where he leads us and prompts us and it, it uh, illuminates us and. We don't have to think ahead of time. We don't have to reason. Like you were just saying, we don't have to reason. How do we do this? How do we do this? We just follow the prompts. We, just, yeah. we have prompts that we don't have to And understand.
1: your prompts may be different from mine. And I, exactly. that really makes people uncomfortable. Where do, where do the prompts
0: yeah. come from? And that's a question that many people don't know the answer to. They think the prompts are from books, from the written Bible, or from pastors. preachers. Yeah. Pa- exactly. Yeah. Pastors. Yeah. You know? But the prompts come from where? Richard, you, you you have beautifully explained that. Well,
2: what, what, it's the spirit. It, it's the spirit is the candle of the Lord. And uh, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And it's there that he inklings. I love that C.S. Lewis, you know, their group was called the Inklings, uh, Tolkien and, and, and all that. You know, I love that because we get inklings. You know, God gives us inklings all the time. We don't really understand it. They just start to coalesce in our thinking. We're, we haven't reasoned our way there, but they're just there. And then it's, it's so easy because then we're not even conscious of our own. We're not conscious of ourselves. There's a beauty to it, to where you're you're, you're acting from. You already have it. You're not self. You're, you're not getting lost in the in self deliberation and self examination. And I'm not saying you never look at your own. I'm not saying that obviously. But but this this thing with the with the spirit is uh it is the spirit that binds us. It is the spirit that unites us. It is the spirit that compels us. It is the spirit that is the nature of Jesus. And it's, we don't, and here's, you know, how do we know where it's from? This is, I believe this is the million dollar question that if it, if it, if it's coming, if it's producing a place of fear in us, if it's producing fear, hysteria, um, you know, conspiracy, anxiety, anxiety, uh, uh, angst, dread, all those things, doom. You know all those things. If, if it's working that in us, it's not coming from the Spirit of God. You know Jesus said His yoke was light, and His burden His burden was light, and His yoke was light. Yeah,
1: and the fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. There's not a control. heavy Faithfulness.
2: Yeah. Uh, so we 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 need to you know to recognize that voice. And rapture theology produces fear mm-hmm. and hysteria. So for that reason alone, for that reason alone, that's why it has to be, well, what about the fear of the Lord? Well, you know, we're talking about the awe of the Lord. It was, it may have been fear in the Old Testament. Why? Because they lived on the outside. They were doing the very things we were talking about earlier. In the New Testament, no fear, we're not called to fear. Okay, we're called to awe and the awe of the Lord. Everything, and, and even the rabbis, you know, the ancient rabbis distinguished between lower fear and higher fear, that and they said lower fear was dread, but the higher fear was awe. And that that's what we were to... Wonder. You know,
0: yep. Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. So Somebody has asked me, why is this so important? What if you don't care about mm-hmm. theology? What if it's just a person that's, you know, they're, they're a believer, but all these details, really, why are those details important? Yeah. And I have a hunch that part of the answer is, you probably don't even know that you have a concept or a theological formation of that topic, and that that topic and your belief on it forms your opinions and directions of how you read scripture and how you live life. And Here's what I mean. If you have, again, this is when when I began to question this end time stuff and revisit rapture stuff, uh, I knew something wasn't sitting right. And I, I put it on the back burner for years, and then it came to me with a, a, a fresh hunger to want to understand more. And then I began to see a lens that was much more hope-filled. And realize, wait a minute, I've been set up to believe in escapism, that this world's going to get destroyed. Therefore, there is no hope. And that is the message that's associated with this rapture theology. There is no hope for humanity on this earth. And when you take away that, and you don't even know that's part of your foundations of your theology, when you start to see, wait a minute, that maybe there's another lens, and you take away this fear of the rapture, you start to see, wait a minute, Matthew 28. Or whatever, twenty six has nothing to do with the end of the world. What is that possible? Well, it's, again, that's part of my. Journey. When I started to see, there is a kingdom of God that has come. When Nebuchadnezzar's dream what, about that rock hitting the stones and the and that statue falling over, and then that here's the part that everybody leaves out and does not talk about is that that rock cut from unhuman hands, hits those toes, the statue falls down, the rock grows and covers the whole earth. The kingdom of God, Jesus, has arrived. It's not going anywhere. It's here. And so maybe then we have a better hope for the future. Too many preachers, myself included at one point, would have said, you know, the world's coming to an end. Believe so you can get raptured out. Otherwise, too bad. In fact, in grade six, um, I was supposed to go to grade seven, which was a brand new school. I warned my grade six classmates, if I'm not here next year, I've been raptured. Like, that's a grade six. Are you kidding me? So, but I firmly believed it. And it gave me no hope for the future. But now I can start to see, wait a minute. Uh, if, if the kingdom has come and Christ holds all things together and all of creation is in Christ, my lens for the earth has changed. Suddenly, these environmentalists, they're not that crazy. They actually have a greater love for this earth than Christians do who think they're going to escape. <laughs> wait a minute. Nobody told me about that. So Mm. that's what's being peeled back for me. That's why this topic's important because even if you don't think it's important, move on, but maybe if there's an underlying belief, you don't know is in you and it needs to come out. There's a weed and it's got to get pulled. Uh,
1: I think you you nailed it. Um, These things people do have opinions on, even though some people claim they don't, or maybe they bury them deeply. Um, But they do, they do exist. And, uh, even people who claim not to have faith you know I think even from for lack of a better word, the atheistic perspective um, th- there's an expectation there and that frames ultimately that's that's honestly <laughs> you want, want another thread to pull on and I know we're almost out of time but um, that's why I don't believe most people are atheists who claim <laughs> to be because if you're an atheist your your eschatology of not mattering, should play out in the way you treat others. And I don't see that for most people who, who claim to be such. In fact, mm-hmm. many of times they are as much or more compassionate with their charitable contributions mm-hmm. and their willingness to work with the less fortunate and all those kind of things um, than maybe people who are escapists, right? And, and so I know that your eschatology, whatever you claim it to be, doesn't match with what your heart conveys in the moment of here and now. So, so that may be just a, a shell or a projection of what they want to believe because they don't want to believe in the same type of God that we've all you know, had to wrestle through ourselves, a God of you know, that fear and that kind of stuff. So they've, they've gotten rid of that. They're an atheist to that type of God. Um, they're not willing to hold on to a hope-filled outcome because they just don't maybe believe in it because maybe the exterior of this world doesn't convince them that that's possible. But in reality, deep, deep, deep down – they do believe it because they treat one another that way, and I think that's that is a hope that we can all, um, you know, at least at least realize that the Holy Spirit's still at work even when we don't feel like like she is.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Oh my goodness, our, our time is up unfortunately, so we're gonna wrap this up and uh, thank you everyone for taking time to listen to this, and we'll see what our next topic will be if we either continue this or move on to something else. It's been a lot of fun, Richard and Bill. Thank you. It's just Always. fun having a three-way back <laughs> and forth, right? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh my. Oh my, oh my. I uh I, I love that topic. Um I never thought I would, but I think there are more perspectives. In fact, the more we go back to what the first five centuries um of ch- of the early church saw and believed. Man, there's there's a lot of stuff that's been added in over the years. Um, there's one point I wanted to make. Um, I remember when this uh, um, when I was in grade six and telling my classmates, "Hey, if I'm not going to make it uh, to grade seven, I've been raptured." Um, and then in the in the interview, I said, "There's that's there's no good news there." Well, unfortunately, there is a, a lens uh, that Christians have. They'll say, "Yeah, but it's good news for me." It's good news if I'm if you're in the in group, and think wait a minute, in so us versus them, again this this whole idea of rapture theology, escapism, reveals an ugly us versus them that Jesus never taught. Why aren't we having more love uh, for those that we think aren't going to make it? it? Um, is is I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to me, it, it doesn't compute with the all inclusive love of Christ for all humanity, and it if that if that's enough of a springboard to cause you to explore other more hope filled perspectives on this topic, please do. Um, this is not the only lens, and some people are going to get bent out of shape. My friends of mine have said, "Well, that's your opinion." Of course it is. Just like your opinion is your opinion so please don't use that as a shotgun shot that's 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 unhelpful in this that's like i say if you don't like this move on go change the channel you don't have to watch this but there are enough people i am meeting that are hungry for a better more hopeful perspective on who god is how god sees us and how to see humanity if your christianity your faith isn't seeing god and as bigger and better and if your christianity and your faith is not loving others better and more better then i think you need to question it faith is not stale it's not stagnant uh it's not stable it's not locked in it's not a cubbyhole, it's not a theological box and unfortunately most of us have been handed our theological boxes from our churches pastors and Sunday school teachers And those boxes have been filled with items that were never supposed to be in there. But we've never opened them. It's like the voting box. All these little pieces go in. Well, it's time to break the seal and realize, wait a minute, it's time to evaluate that. Not everybody's willing to do that. It's easier not to. Just tell me what to believe. Oh, it's so much easier because you just go by what, oh, that teacher teaches that, or my pastor says this, or my denomination believes this. Your denomination isn't your savior. Your pastor's not your savior. The Holy Spirit living in you is. And you can ask questions, and there are answers. Um yeah, let's let's take a look at some of the comments. Jim Willard down in um Windsor, unless you're still in Florida. Uh good morning. Gen 9, Paris, Ontario. Uh, she says, suicidal rapturist used to be a term. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I'd never heard that one. And Tarzi, good morning. Where are you watching from, Tarzi? Elizabeth, um, thanks for challenging our perspective. I, I, if this is new to you, oh my goodness. I've got a series on my YouTube channel called The More Hope-Filled Perspective on End Times. And I taught that in 2013. It, it's a must watch. Um, I should probably reteach it. But man, that was the most authentic, from my heart, exposing or explaining where i have been growing from i was scared that time it's probably the only time i was that kind of not f- afraid but i was afraid of what other people are going to think because this is such a hot topic and it's not a hot topic until you start poking it and then people who didn't think it was a hot talk- topic are poked and they go What wait a minute and they have no idea what they're rebutting uh because it Slips of theology were stuck in their in their voting box, in their mind, their theological box. And they don't even know those pieces are there. Um, Jim Willard writes, uh, expanded consciousness finds faith. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you've been spiritually abused, uh, it's a lot of hard work. Yes, Elizabeth, it absolutely is. And uh, many of us have been. It really, really... I've been sexually abused, I've been spiritually abused, but I'm not going to let that abuse become a label. I'm, I'm moving on from those now because the more we talk about uh, that is who I am, um, then we live from that. I'm, I'm living from I am in Christ, whole and healed. And now I look forward. It's a different perspective. It, it's kind of been newer for me, um, but Jesus sucked me into it, which is kind of cool. I love it. Um, Isaac, good morning. Um, and then Jim says he's still Florida. That's great. So uh, I'll be chatting with the uh, the two gentlemen next week, uh, or maybe even this Friday, and see if we'll continue this conversation. I this is one of the great. I hate to use the word. This is one of the great things we need to deconstruct or uh, dismantle and and rethink. Um, I, I just think we got to sort out our junk drawer. And I think for many folks, their theology is a kitchen drawer full of all the junk that collects in there and they'll take whatever. And if they don't know what to do with it, it just goes in the drawer. But now you have a mix mash of all kinds of concepts. And you wonder why you're having trouble with stuff and why you're reacting. Our reactions show where we're at. It really does. And so I am learning how to be more gentle and loving. I'm also not engaging in in arguments and conversations that I just, I know it's useless because if somebody doesn't know my heart by now, um, then, uh, uh private message me folks don't, don't, you know, if, if somebody starts getting all crazy online, which isn't happening much anymore. Um, but be kind. If you uh, honestly have a question about somebody's post, don't publicly create a discussion because look, folks, this is my question. Look how wonderful I am. Cause I'm thinking, private message him. you know i know richard gets a lot of questions on his posts and he is so gentle as he answers like he's gracious galore and uh i i've learned so much from watching him respond to people that are kind of in his grill ready to okay well what about this what about that and he still is gentle now i that takes a lot of care patience oh the holy spirit which is creates a fruit of gentleness. So anyway, I hope that was encouraging to you all today. Thanks for the comments and uh, share this video if you thought it was good. And uh, let's just keep encouraging one another. That's all I've got for today. I hope you have a fantastic week. We'll see you next uh, Wednesday morning. However, if you want to join in on our Sunday morning, uh, we're live every Sunday morning at uh, 5 to 10 Eastern Standard Time, uh, nine fifty-five a.m., and it's a church setting, so it's not this. This is more of a, let's dig into some really heavy-duty stuff. Sunday mornings is to a church family that's growing gently together, and so it's going to be a different style, a different tone. Um, but that we're just being real the whole time. I'm real with you right now, and we're going to be real every Sunday morning as well. All right, until then, have a fantastic week. See you.